0: Hello, welcome to Mikey Pod Podcast, episode 305 for October 12th, 2020. Today's guest is Acelica Smith. She's the creator and host of The Colored Girl Beautiful. It's a narrative podcast exploring the beautiful juxtapositions of black womanhood. And it's really beautiful and, ah, oh, I really love this podcast. And you'll hear when we talk, but it unfolds in a really unusual and beautiful way like I keep saying beautiful that's the word it's beautiful. Anyway, I'm your host, Michael Herron. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and activist based in New York City. On this podcast, I have conversations with fellow creators who use their creativity to change the world. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for over 15 years. If you like what you hear, subscribe using the colorful buttons in the sidebar and footer at MikeyPod.com or just search MikeyPod in your favorite podcast directory. If you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at michaelheron.com, hit me up. On social media everywhere as at Michael Heron or email MikeyPod at gmail.com. I hope you all liked the bonus podcast. People who don't normally listen to the bonus podcast, I put it in the feed last week. I explained it all last week. I don't know why I'm explaining it again. It's funny because I feel like the lines are kind of blurred right now <laughs> between what I say on this podcast and what I say in the bonus podcast. And I usually get into as personal stuff and like going to the dentist, I guess, isn't that personal. But if you're wondering, my tooth. Hurts Mm, Right now, like, it's like a two or three. It goes back and forth. So (laughs) I don't know why I'm giving you this update. (laughs) I feel like I need to follow up. I go back on next Wednesday for more dental work. I think because dental work just sucks and it sucks trying to get healthcare in the United States as a freelance person, musician, artist, whatever I am. So anyway, it's also Indigenous Peoples Day today. (laughs) I'm laughing because what are you going to do? Can you vote Please vote. There was uh the White House released a thing about Columbus Day and I don't want to give it too much attention. You probably saw it already. Just can you please vote? That'd be great. That'd be great. All right, that's it. That's all I got for you this week. Um, besides, that, well, I mean, not the whole podcast, just my beginning intro thing here that I do. Um, I do want to give a quick thank you to my subscribers on Patreon who power this podcast. These are the people who subscribe for five dollars or more a month and get special perks like tons of free downloads of my music and zines and bonus podcasts. There are over fifty of these bonus podcasts. Now, you heard one of them last week. I put it up in the regular feed uh, because it was so good and because uh, I just wanted you to see, hear what those are like. Um, you'll get immediate access to all fifty of them, and my albums, and digital copies of my zines, all the stuff. If you subscribe on Patreon, and this Wednesday I'll be posting a- another bonus podcast with Celica Smith, today's guest. Ah, this is a great conversation, and the bonus podcast is another one of those really. Ooh. They, they always go to the next level, those bonus podcasts, I got to tell you. Uh, anyway, so that's my thing about Patreon. Patreon.com slash Michael Heron if you'd like to learn more. If you don't want to do that or you can't, this podcast is free and it's going to be free for as long as I can afford to keep the posting up and I can afford it thanks to the people on Patreon. So, yay. Uh, I want to play some music. I have a Facebook friend and honestly, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think we've met in person, although she lives in New York City. Um, I just started listening to her music. I knew she was a singer all this time. Uh, Risa Branch, um, she's a jazz singer, she's fantastic. Anyway, I asked her and she said, yeah, play my music on the podcast. So I don't mind if I do. This is a track from her album, I Thought About You, and the track is called, I Thought About You.
1: took a trip on a train, and I thought about you. We passed a shadowy lane, and I thought about you. Two or three cars parked under the stars, a winding stream. The moon shining down on some little town. And with each beam, the same old dream, at every stop that we made, I thought about you. And when I pulled down the shade, I really felt blue. I peeked through the crack and looked at the track, the one going back to you. stop that we made I thought about you and when I pulled down the shade I really felt blue I peeked through the crack and looked at the track the one going back to you oh what did I do I thought about you I, do. I thought about you I thought about you I thought about you bow, bow. she would've written but I she don't
0: Joining me on the podcast right now is Acelica Smith. She's the host and creator of the podcast, The Colored Girl Beautiful, which is a narrative podcast exploring the beautiful juxtapositions of black womanhood. Welcome to the show, Acelica.
2: Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me.
0: (laughs) Oh, for sure. We met in like a podcast, New York City podcaster meetup. When I heard about your podcast, I was like, oh, my God, you got to be on my podcast. So I'm so glad you did. Listening to your first episode was mm-hmm. such, a, I love the way the whole thing unfolds. And you start to realize how you're telling your stories on the podcast, which makes me not want to talk to you about that because I want people to listen to it and have that experience as well. <laughs> but with I would love to, like, can you give a um, may, maybe a rundown of what the podcast is about for you?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, I I feel like even when I explain it, it is my show, and when I explain it to people, I'm like, you you gotta listen to it. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't even think my explanation does it um, justice because it's I would say it's pretty unique in the in the podcasting space. Um, so the show is uh, written in the form of the letter that I write to the author of the book, The Color Girl Beautiful, which was published. Over 100 years ago in 1916, um, The Color Girl Beautiful, the book, is the first etiquette book ever written for Black women. And it is definitely both of its time and ahead of its time. And I discovered it a few years ago when I was in grad school. And, you know, it really just jumped out at me as something that, I like, when, when I heard about it, I was like, why is this something I didn't know about before? How did I make it to however old I was, 28? Eight or twenty-nine or whatever, <laughs> mm. with without knowing that this text existed, um, and so the show was really a way for me to sort of explore my feelings about some of the things that I had uh, that I had read in the book with other Black women, and sort of talk about some of those same topics um, with Black women, and and just kind of see what other people's thoughts and feelings about these things were. Mm. And and it's told in the form of a letter
0: to the mm-hmm. author of the mm-hmm. book.
2: Yes. <laughs> I, Who has been dead for a long time. <laughs>
0: and uh, it's just, uh, that it was a great, it's a strange comparison, but it was like <laughs> that, uh, the show This Is Us, it's not at all related oh. to your podcast, but uh, like watching that first episode when you were like, okay, okay, storytelling, mm. storytelling, story. Telling, story telling, sto- mm-hmm. Whoa, mm-hmm. oh. that I had that same experience with your podcast where I was like, I wasn't exactly sure, but I was like, yeah. I was in it. And it was so great to have it unfold. So, goes without Aww. saying, if you're listening to this podcast, please be sure to listen to The Colored Girl Beautiful. <laughs> you, you finished your first season. Yes. And so I just discovered this other thing, I think, uh-huh. this Google Podcast Creator Program.
2: Yes. You mm-hmm. were
0: a part of this, right?
2: I was. I was in the inaugural cohort of the Google Podcast Creators Program. So, the first one they ever did, I somehow managed to to make it (laughs) in that first round.
0: Can you give a rundown of what that is? Because I'm not even exactly sure I understand.
2: Yeah, sure. So it's um, it's a it's a program designed to help various podcasters, you know, with various backgrounds and and um, minorities in particular uh, to learn how to produce a show. Um, it was really mainly focused on storytelling. We, we did a lot of uh, sort of workshops about storytelling. It's a it's a 20-week program, uh, and you get some funding also to produce your show. So, um, yeah, I was fortunate enough to be able to have this amazing experience with five other teams, and, uh, and, of course, myself. And I, I actually didn't meet Nicole until I had already been selected for the program. But um, she came on pretty early. So um, she been she and I have been working together throughout most of, uh, starting with most of the majority of the Google Podcast Creators program. Mm. But it's this... You know, it's sort of this training intensive. We had these uh, creative reviews where we sort of put together a pitch for our show. We They, they get you sort of familiar about talking about your show, um, you know, ways to, to think of what it is that you want to do, as opposed to just kind of winging it every week, um, which I definitely had that experience. <laughs> I had a project before this that was... Oh, my God, it was such a headache. Um, And I just I hadn't pinned down what exactly it was that I wanted. So um, the program really helps you sort of ask those questions, those larger questions about what exactly is it that you're doing and how do you want to get there? What I really appreciated is that there was no like um, you should do your show this way or, you know, there were not specific directions about a particular outcome and I appreciated having that creative control like I knew at the end of the day um, PRX who did the training and Google who provided the funding had no say in (laughs) what exactly my show ended up being Uh, but they were sort of there along the way and they've um, kept in touch in various ways uh, since then uh, just to kind of encourage and and provide um, some resources for us. So.
0: Oh, that is so cool! Like listening, <laughs> listening to the show, it's like clear that it's carefully thought out and carefully edited, which is, mm. um, it's not what I do, and it seems so like intimidating <laughs> to me. But it, I, like, but I love hearing it. So go,
2: go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say it is, um, it is a lot of work, uh, and it, I mean. It it feels daunting even to me, <laughs> and and is is the reason why you know the seasons are pretty short uh, because these thirty minute episodes they take a lot to put together. Um, I I would love to have more content, but it's just me and Nicole, <laughs> mm-hmm. and there's only so much that we can do um, in the time that we have. We uh, I, I work full time, um, and and Nicole does a lot of. Uh, She was working full time with an organization up until recently. Now she does a lot of um, like contract work with a bunch of different um, organizations. Uh, So she has her hands full for a lot of the day. I have my hands full for a lot of the day. So it is, I mean, it's very, um, it's very labor intensive. I will say that Um, it's wonderful work. Um, I am so, I feel so fortunate to get to do it, but it is, Whew, it's work,
0: <laughs> it's yeah. work. <laughs> yeah but it pays off because you have yeah. this like extremely polished beautiful piece of pieces Aww, of storytelling thank you. yeah <laughs> have you had any uh, surprising responses to it or, or what has this response been like in general
2: yeah I, w- I don't know that I've had surprising responses I I feel like um it resonated with people in a way that I I maybe just kind of didn't expect. I I, I don't know what I was expecting. um, But, like, for example, episode four where we talk with Heather um, about racial responsibility, she, like, for whatever reason, that resonated with a lot of people. And so, like, a lot of people have given me feedback like especially people I know they've reached out me reached out to me directly about her episode in particular um because that was something that really sort of struck um sort of struck them as as important and meaningful and you know also sort of prompted similar questions like what have I done what am I doing for my race what does that play what role does that play in my life um so I've I've um been pleasantly surprised, I think, overall, by the reaction. Um, I, you know, there are not a super huge ton of black content creators who are also doing like storytelling content. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really, I feel very fortunate to be in that space. And um, I, I enjoy it. I, I love, you know, a good story from just about anywhere. So,
0: <laughs> so uh, about the creator program. Mm -hmm. I'm curious about, like, the the through line of your idea for the podcast, where it fell in. Like, did you already have an idea for this podcast?
2: Mm -hmm. I did. So, um, you know, I had decided probably in 2016, maybe, that um, the Colored Girl Beautiful was going to be the topic of my thesis for my graduate program. Mm. And so... I had come around to, after like a long list of available options, had come around to doing a podcast um, for my thesis. And I knew that it was something that I wanted. So, you know, it was going to it was gonna happen one way or another. Even if I didn't get in the program, I remember adding something specifically about that into my application. Like, this is a thing that has to happen. <laughs> uh. um, so I knew that it was something that I wanted to do. I think probably maybe... By the summer, possibly, of 2018, I had, like, solidified that. Or maybe even the spring, I had solidified that, like, I want this project to be a podcast uh, specifically and had really started to, in earnest, um, you know, make some moves to to make that happen. I I um, am a member of Air Media, which is... Um, I believe it stands for Audio Independence and Radio. That sounds, doesn't sound quite right. But they offer a lot of really great resources to people who are producing audio independently. And so they have this mentor program. And so I was a part of the mentor program. I got to work with Kim Fox for several months, who um, is the podcast professor on Twitter. She's amazing. She's so knowledgeable um, and really helped me sort of stay on track with my work, Um, you know, in those early months in particular, I had started, that's when I started going to conferences. Um, I went to Third Coast, I went to Work It, I went to um, PodCon, which is not a thing anymore. Um, You know, I, I really just wanted to sort of immerse myself in these spaces uh, so that I could really get a handle on what good storytelling was and what exactly I was I wanted to do, which I hadn't like, you know, I didn't know I knew I wanted to do a show. I didn't know what I want the format to be or, you know, like any of the particular. So I just wanted to, you know let all the goodness of the other people rub off on me. <laughs> yeah, And so I, I, I tried to immerse myself in that way. Um, and then I went to Work It, which is a, a podcast conference specifically for women. And I heard about the, the Google Podcast Creators Program. And I remember seeing it there and thinking like, okay, I mean, that sounds really great, but I'm sure that's not something that I you know, should apply to like, I don't fit into that category, you know? Yeah. Um, Or maybe it was, it was third coast where that happened first. Cause I remember walking by the table for the program. This was fall of 2018. I walked by the table and I was like, Oh wow, that seems really cool. Uh, But I didn't just, I just didn't think I qualified because like, I didn't like have a podcast currently, you know, mine was just an idea. I just thought like, I, you know, I'm not, like, working in—I'm not a producer at a organization. I don't work in public radio. I just felt like I didn't fit the, the prototype. Right, right. Um, and then I got to work it, and I saw signs for it again. And I remember I saw um, some people from PRX who uh, runs the training for the program and started talking with them, and they were, like, encouraging me to apply, like, you know— Like, yeah, put in an application and um, like talking, I was, you know, just talking with people about like some of the logistics and there was like this little session, this little Q&A session with just, I mean, there were the space in the space where we were, there were just like picnic tables and it was, it was just like a handful of people, like maybe two or three picnic tables worth of folks. It wasn't like this big, huge group, but people were able to ask questions and things like that. So I after that i thought well like i mean why not (laughs) i'll just give it a go and see what happens and then um that was in i think november and then i submitted my application and uh found out in i think december that i had been selected i don't think i was able to say anything until january but Mm. yeah
0: how did how did the program shape your idea like where did maybe how did it change in ways that it might not have
2: Yeah so what what happened was that we had a boot camp in January like at the around the end of January where they sort of introduced us to this sort of um uh it was design thinking so it's kind of like a a really broad way to shape an idea that's not specific to a particular field I was familiar because my um, graduate program is a design program, mm. um, like graphic design, web design, that sort of stuff. So um, it was really interesting to me to hear that same sort of thought process applied outside of design. Um, but we did sort of these, you know, sort of broader exercises that connected to storytelling in some ways. There, there, it was not. In the first week, there were not a lot of like direct connections, but it was it was just sort of like an introduction to the program, that sort of thing. Um, As time went on every month, we would have uh, what was called a creative review where we would, um, again, do the little a little pitch. So we had like a presentation that only had, you know, X number of slides. We produce an audio sample. Um, And and these things, these these were exercises that were designed to sort of get us thinking. and so it there, there was not, again, specific direction about what your show was supposed to be or how it was supposed to turn out. But it was more of a way, like a regular way to get in front of an audience, get feedback about your work and figure out like, OK, we tried this thing. This is what I'm the direction I think I'm going does this work? Is this something that I want to do? Um, or if it's something that I want to do, does it make sense? Or, <laughs> you know, um, one of the, probably the biggest thing about the program is they always say feedback is a gift. And we got very accustomed to taking feedback. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what it was, was at the creative review, we would take a few days to work on um, a, a particular task or like a, um, you know, do things as a group, assuming that we had worked on sort of the larger project, whatever it was, our presentation and our audio sample prior for the most part. And then we would do the the group exercises together. And then on the last day, we would present in front of a group, which generally main t- uh, consisted of the PRX team. Sometimes there was like a little bit of a public audience. So like the podcast garage, sometimes there was, um, or there were generally like Uh, Some sort of industry professionals, you know, people who ran companies and podcast networks and organizations. Sometimes it was the PRX staff, and they would give us feedback in the form of, like, Rosebud thorn, Like, what did you like? What could change? And... I can't remember the language. None of them are like outwardly negative, but you know, it's it's just like a a very structured way to give feedback um, that is actually helpful. Instead of like I don't like that, it's just like a you know a one little thing on a post-it note to keep it short. Um, so we would we would get all this feedback from people, and so you you literally after your presentation you come away with like 20 sheets of paper that have you know eight. To twelve post-it notes, uh, stuck to it, and you go through your post-it notes, and so it was just kind of a way to get feedback from people, and you sort of learn to filter. You learn to read people's feedback and say, "Oh, that's a good idea. I like that," or "Oh, I mean, I guess if that's what you feel, but I don't feel that way." <laughs> mm. That's <laughs> you know? a skill. Like that's yeah. not easy. It's really not. It's and, and when you're up when you're presenting. They, they get each one of the judges. There were four people on the panel. They're not judges <laughs> Four <laughs> panelists. Um, and these would consist of like the industry leaders, generally speaking, but each one of them gave you feedback audibly. You could not respond during that time. No. <laughs> right. No, no words from you at all from your team. <laughs> wow. Um, and, and so but. But you 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 just sort of sit and take it in. But it, it, it does kind of teach you to, like, okay, stop and take a second and listen. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, I'll listen. But then, you know, at the end of the day, like, it's my show. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do what I want to do. Um, but also, like, oh, well, I hadn't considered that. That's a good point that I didn't think of on my own. I'm glad, you know, that I made the point to ask that question or to, to listen to that point. Um which I wouldn't have come across on my own.
0: I can imagine myself in that setting without the guideline of don't respond. Just mm-hmm. like, just stop listening after a couple of seconds. Like yeah. when I get done, I'm going to start. Here's what I'm going to say. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. Oh,
0: uh, that's exactly. such a cool process and a cool yeah. opportunity to like have that though, to have like that type of feedback with any type of project. Like,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah, I think I, I that I do appreciate. It was also probably the most annoying thing because the phrase feedback is a gift is burned into my brain. And um, this this sort of post-it note rosebud thorn process was something we did over and over and over again. Um, but I even so it was it was helpful. I can't say that I, I didn't find it useful, I did. It's just also one of those things, that's like, oh, oh I guess if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then you're glad you did, you know?
0: Yeah. Has there been any point in your process, in any of it, leading up toward publishing, or maybe even after publishing, working on your mm-hmm. second season, where you had a moment that you were like, this isn't gonna work, forget it. Like, Oh my God,
2: this- listen. The weeks leading up to the release of season one were like a debacle. <laughs> first of all, I had been i had so the program had ended by uh, the end of June and July and August, and I think a little bit after that was just like this whirlwind of traveling. We were going to conferences. We had been asked to like um present a couple um of places. Um, and so trying to get a season out and traveling are not you know doing traveling back to back are not conducive um and also like needing space to rest and you know work and <laughs> you know yeah. that it was horrible so i we had this moment though nicole and i were um we're in the hotel room going we're, we're at we're literally at a conference um where i've been asked to present and we're in the hotel room going over tape, and it's just like, you know, we're both listening. I'm just like, this doesn't work. I mean, there was, I had written a monologue, uh, you know, that the letter at the beginning for um, episode one that was boring. It just like, I had, I wrote it, I recorded it, and I was just like, this is awful. <laughs> oh. And, and, you know, um, it was, we, we were uncomfortably close to whenever the release was supposed to be by this time. And I was just like, I don't even know what we're going to do. Like this, you know, I I was, I was very discouraged because I felt that we had done all this work. We'd gone through the program. You know, Nicole and I are now working together um, to make this thing happen. And it just, it fell flat. You know, what I had written fell flat. The way I had read felt fell flat tracking um or you know the process of recording your narration is a skill that i am still learning it mm. i mean it really takes a lot um to make you know what it probably wasn't even 300 words at the at the beginning of the letter but to to make that like interesting to listen to is hard. Mm. Um, recording is hard because um, you, you, you mess up and then you got to do it over again. You got to keep the energy. You want your voice to sound the same. It's just like this whole thing. And I just, you know, at that point, I remember sitting in the hotel room and just being like, I don't like this. I we, I can't put this down. <laughs> and so um, what what ended up happening was, this is how Nicole became sort of a part of the the interviews in, in every episode because what we would do is, excuse me, she and I would talk about, we would sort of debrief the interviews and that made things a lot simpler. That That made things a lot more interesting to talk to as opposed to like me just saying things. It was she and I talking together. Mm. And then so like, so what happened w- was that we would record the tape. Nicole and I would talk about it, and then and then after that, I would write around the debrief and the interview, oh, which see. made it more interesting for me to write to have something to sort of go off of. Um, and I don't know if it was just because I, you know, <laughs> I'd never done this particular. I would never. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um I don't know if it was just because I had never done this particular thing before or what, but um, i I really needed that reference in order for me to be able to pull something from myself that was worth listening to. or at, at least that's how I felt about it um, at the at the beginning.
0: <laughs> but that like provided one of the things that to me is so engaging about the podcast because you're like, wait, do, am I fo-? so there's there's the letter.
2: Yes. The interview
0: and then mm-hmm. your sort of narration.
2: Yes. So and, and there's the for season for season one, there's there's the debrief with Nicole too. So like a part of you know, there's a little bit of narration from me like throughout the interview, but a lot of that is my discussion with Nicole about the interview. Season one I mean, episode one is just uh me and Nicole. And it's it's me and Nicole talking about um Oh yeah, that's what episode 1 is just Nicole and I. And so instead of just a, an entire letter of just me, the discussion with Nicole and then me talking about that became it, it just made things much simpler. Mm. It, it made things more interesting to listen to. I don't I, I don't know that I can say that it's simple, but it made things more interesting <laughs> to listen to. But you, you got to listen. Gotta yeah, listen. Yeah, and it <laughs> like it yeah, it all feels
0: robust is the word I'm thinking like all of mm. the the pieces sort of like encourage each other somehow yeah. I'm not finding the right words yet <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean that's that's that was the goal is to have all of these things you know connect together um because it's it's you know it's a little inception the way there's an interview and then I talk with Nicole about the interview and then I talk to Izelio about. The conversation that I had with Nicole and the interview—you know—it's an interview within an interview within an interview. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but the idea is that they marry together well and inform one another um, and and provide like a jumping a jumping off point.
0: Mm. And it does. People who are listening who haven't heard the podcast yet, and it feels completely natural. Like it feels like
2: oh, a through so line,
0: like a timeline that makes perfect sense. So yeah, it's it's really so well done. <laughs> uh, what's coming up for season two any any teasers you want to throw out
2: yeah so I'm super excited about season two we're in the process of of producing now and it will be released um, a little bit later in October um, so stay tuned for that uh, but I have I mean I I really enjoy all of the people that I interview I'm um, exceptionally excited about these women um Including a, a best-selling author whose work I really admire. I'm very fortunate to have been able to to interview her, um, fabulous black woman to be named, um, but it it will be coming up very shortly. So I'm I'm really excited about the people and the conversation. I think it's um it's going to be a little bit different this this season, but but familiar. It will definitely still be a letter um to Azalea. Yeah. To oh, the
0: I mm-hmm. love it. So, where yeah. can <laughs> where can people find the podcast and On, you online?
2: Yeah, um you can find the show in all the podcast places. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, um uh, TuneIn Radio, all of the, all of the, Spotify, all of the, the big guns. Um the the so we have a website which is coloredgirlbeautiful.com, where we you know of course keep track of all of the the posts on the on the homepage is always the newest episode whatever that happens to be, um, and then links to places where you can download. We're on Twitter at G- CGB Podcast and on Instagram at Colored Girl Beautiful um, and on Facebook at um, Colored Girl Beautiful.
0: Ah, got it. And for people who are listening, if you don't have a pencil, you can go to MikeyPod.com. I'll put all those links in the show notes for this podcast. Yes. Um, and also, people who are listening, um, we're going to wrap up this part of the interview. But at, like every week, I'm going to do a special bonus interview with Celica that will be on Patreon, patreon.com slash Michael Heron. If you'd like to hear more, go there. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today, Aselica.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
1: (laughs) Do I want you? Oh my, do I? Honey, did I do? I need you, oh my do I? Honey, did I do? I'm glad that I'm the one who found you. That's why I'm always hanging round you. Do I love you? Oh my, do I, honey, did I do?
0: That was Risa Branch with Deed I Do. Thank you so much, Risa, for letting me play your music on the podcast today. You could check her out, at uh, her website, which I'll link in the show notes to this show. Thanks also to Celica Smith for being on the show. And if you want to hear more from her, check out patreon.com slash Michael Heron this Wednesday, and there will be an exclusive bonus interview with her. And other than that, that's all we got. I hope you enjoyed this show. Definitely check out the Colored Girl Beautiful podcast. Um, And get yourself primed and ready for season two, which starts soon, if I recall. It's sometime in October, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I love the Bygast. It's, ah, you got to listen to that first episode. I'm not kidding. And then you'll be hooked. All right. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Yeah, that's it. Bye.